0: coming of Christ as a baby, which we just celebrated or are about to celebrate. I, we went and saw the movie, the chosen Christmas movie on um, Thursday. It was, a lo- it was like a worship thing. And then there was like this cool, if you guys want to see, I think it might be, they might be showing it for free, like later tonight or something. I don't know. Come to this Thing here though anyway uh, but you, you'll get a chance you know they like to give their stuff out but um, really cool about the nativity and you know had the whole scene and always brings to life like what it might have been like and and uh, yeah pretty gnarly uh, to think about but uh, so Advent's looking to the coming Messiah the birth of Jesus and then not just that but also looking to the second coming of Christ right so him coming as a baby, we have that. We're able to look back on that um, and what that means, you know, his, his life, death, resurrection, what that means for us, uh, how that affects the way we live now. And then uh, we look to the future uh, of his second coming where everything is going to be made right. Um, and that's that's huge uh, because the world we live in is gnarly. I mean, it's just gnarly. Um, and and it, I just like, Anytime, every, I feel like every time you feel like, all right, I, I feel like, you know, I'm at peace with like the circumstances of the world, something else happens, you know? I mm-hmm. uh, met uh, with a guy, um, Mo and Sabrina's neighbor, and they just lost a baby, you know? Um, and so Mo and Sabrina and I went over there, and it's like, I, I just was like, what do you say? <laughs> it's just, it, It's just like you're overwhelmed again with the reality of, man, this, this, we are We are in the midst of the, the age of the church salvation. We, we can receive that. we can have a relationship with Christ, but man, it is so obvious that things are not quite right, huh? All you have to do is listen to the news and you get a real clear picture of that, right? But we look forward to the things that are coming again, uh, hope as we look at hope, we saw the, the issues with putting our hope in the wrong things and how they really hurt us and hurt others around us. Um, we looked at peace or shalom, right? And peace, it's not just like a, I feel tranquil or I feel kind of good, but it's, it's like a wholeness. It's like a completion, and, and that is found in our relationship with Christ, it's, it's about so much more than just kind of feeling okay. It's soul-level divine peace, and it allows relationship it, it, with Christ, and it changes literally everything. We'll have that all those up if you haven't seen them before. Uh, I was slow to get Jed the, the peace one, so if you look for it on the uh, podcast, it was not there. But today, we'll be looking at joy. The joy is the third one we'll be looking at. So if you want to stand up, we'll read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and then we'll pray and get started. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the message that we get to look at, the the reality um, that Emmanuel, God, is with us. Uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so, Lord, we're as we're kind of focusing on how that changes us at like a core level, how that like totally rocks us at like a deep down level, you know, like to the soul, or we just, we just want to give you all the praise and honor and glory and that we would live lives that like reflect what we believe and know. So God, we love you, Lord. We thank you. You're so good to us. You've just been so good to us. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys may be seated. Uh, one of the s- interesting scenes in that movie was, I think it was like my favorite scene. Who saw it? Did anybody see that? Okay, some of you guys saw it? Okay. Uh, was the, sh- the, the light shining, right? When they're like giving birth, and all of a sudden Joseph's like, whoa, and you see these like crazy lights. It's like uh, aurora... Borealis, you know, like these crazy, gnarly looking lights, and it's like the the glory of the Lord shining around them. But the angels, this is the angels, what they said to them. And the angels play an important part uh, in God's, you know, to serve God, mostly as messengers. They're used as messengers to deliver messages. This is it, right? Do not be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. And what was the great joy? That there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Good tidings of great joy to all people. The Greek word for joy is uh, kara. Kara, I can't you know say it quite right, but kara, something like that. Um, but, you know, if you were to ask someone, what is joy? Like if we were do a survey. Survey says, you know, do the whole... Um, family feud thing. Um, I, I, would imagine it would be a lot about happiness, right? It's like being happy. It's about being, being this and that. And, and there's definitely an element to that, right? Where it can be like light and, you know, enjoyable. Uh, but it's so, so, so much more than that. Um, I think most of, actually a lot of what we would call joy is happiness. Um, Christmas is a real unique season too because joy is on display. I mean, like, people have joy in their yards, people have joy on their house. You can see joy at, at like, stores. Like, I mean, it's like a big theme, right? And, uh, and a lot of that, you know, obviously we could say could point to happiness. But I think when we consider Christmas, we think a lot about joy of, and, you know, it can be joy or happiness of being together. Um, I also know Christmas is a really rough season for a lot of people. It's actually, I uh, read something that it, it's the most depressing time of the year for a lot of people. Um, it's it's actually, I think for a lot, like it's the most depressing time for like the masses, I guess you could say, where where that as like any singular time, because people have experienced loss, things have been taken away. I mean, rough, rough seasons. Uh, you know, the first time you have to celebrate Christmas without a loved one or, um, you know, who, who knows why? I mean, I, especially even like when we were, people were quarantining, and not seeing anyone that it brings an extra bit of pain to that. But, um, I think, uh, if we think back about Christmases and years past, we can think of as a kid, you're just so excited, you know? Um, and, and does anybody remember the best Christmas they ever had? you guys remember that, the one Christmas that was like the, the epic one? Where normally it was like, you know, you'd get this or you'd get that, but then there was like this epic Christmas that mom and dad must have made some extra money that year, you know? I don't know, and it just kind of keeps on coming, you know? I remember, I remember that year. Uh, we were... Um, we went up to my grandparents' house in the Bay Area, they live in Richmond, and after we went up there, uh, we got um, a, oh, Christmas morning, all of a sudden, a yellow lab comes running in the room. We have a dog. My grandparents apparently uh, got it for us without, I don't think they even talked to my parents about it. So it was probably more joyful for us than it was for them. Uh, so we brought that dog home, and, and he was an absolute terror. Um, But as a kid, you know, it's pretty awesome. And then I remember we got a Super Nintendo while we were there. This is like epic, you know, Super Nintendo. Uh, And so we were playing that. And it's like, how could Christmas get any better than that? And then we came home and there was a Power Wheels at our house. I don't know how they did it that year. Uh, But it was like the Christmas that just kind of kept on going. Um, and, and there's so much anticipation with Christmas. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to give my kids their gifts. I'm so excited. We got them some stuff that I'm just like, they're going to love it. I already know, you know. And, um, but the problem is is that no matter how good the Christmas it is, there just always seems to be something a little bit disappointing at the end of it. Isn't it? It's like it can never fully live up to what, you know, if you're looking at it from that gift kind of perspective, the, the gifts are never, even if they're in, in amazing, there's still something in you that's like, ah, that's not quite it. And, and even if the reactions of the one you give the gift to is, is amazing, it's like there's still something kind of missing. I think that the whole gift giving and the excitement and all that, I think a lot of it's become really, really commercialized. But God uses a lot of it, Because I think we can see, man, there's an excitement and an anticipation. But the fact that we end up a little bit bummed out afterwards is also really useful. Because it's a shadow, not the real thing. Right? So we find that the real gift, obviously, is found in Christ. And so joy is much different than happiness. Happiness can change on a dime. You know? You can be happy, and then you can be unhappy, like, right away. It's, it's most evident in kids, especially the younger they go, right? I mean, it is, like, on a dime. And, and you know, and even, like, I, I have a real unique relationship with kids where I can, they either love me or they, like, hate me, and sometimes they're right on the edge, you know? So I might, like, say something to them, and they're, like, look at you, and they're, like, right, it's, like, I might laugh, I might cry. And I'm, like, who knows? You know, see how this goes. Happiness can go really, really fast. It can change things really, really fast, but joy is like, it's it's much deeper, right? Happiness is like at the body level, joy is at the level of the soul. Um, happiness is based on circumstances, can be gone as quick as it goes, joy is much deeper. It's based on future hope has lasting power. It's unshakable, right? So when we're thinking about joy, we have to think about it in different terms than happiness. Um, so joy, and, and joy, is, it's it's really deeply connected to hope. And with hope and joy brings peace. They're all connected, right? Uh, And it's an evidence of faith. Being able to have joy in the midst of rough circumstances, it's an evidence of faith and of God working in your life. So we're going to see joy isn't something that we produce on our own. You can't like just bring up joy. You might be able to make yourself happy. You think about enough stuff. But, but there is an element of joy. We are responsible to go to the one who can give us joy and to remember the things that will bring us joy, the promises of God. But we got to remember where joy comes from. Verse, Romans chapter 15. We're going to be doing a lot of verses, a lot of joy verses, okay? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. It's God that gives us our joy. It's rooted in him. It's maintained by him. It's something that we cannot get on our own. And so this will be really, really frustrating for us if we're trying to live like Christians without Christ. This is, this is where all the, like, uh, you know, just kind of acting, playing the part, doing the whole legalist thing, it just won't work. It has to come from God. We, we know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit uh, is love, joy, peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against there is no law and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another envying one another so we have joy is a fruit of the spirit that we it's a gift from him it's a fruit of it but it's also something that we're to walk out Right. These things are to be walked out daily in our life. Uh, one of the things I remember hearing years ago, and, and it's just so true, is we do need to fight for our joy. We we can't get our we can't manufacture it, but we fight for it, and that means fighting the things that come uh, up against our joy, because there's always things that want to take the place of the God given joy that He's given us. This takes discipline of mind and of heart right? Remember, uh, remember, and the way we do that is re- by remembering what God has done and what he's doing now. Psalm 51, uh, 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Remembering, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Remind me of what it means to be saved, I was reading a book, Cannon's doing a book report on um, D.L. Moody. So I was reading a book by him this week. And it's just, it was, his transformation was just radical. I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like a radical transformation and he goes from dead to life and all of a sudden he's like, I just want to serve God. And it was not in his best interest in so many uh, worldly ways, but this guy was so radically used and, and he didn't try to like build like a giant church or a big following. All of that stuff ended up coming. But you know what his, his uh, desire and his passion was for? He, he, he loved the, the poorest kids in Chicago. And he would go and went to this place where no one would go and reach them, and he'd go in and he'd start talking to them, and he'd start bringing them to the church. He had this pony that he'd put kids on and ride them over, you know, to this, where he'd have Sunday school, because they wouldn't go to a normal Sunday school. So he started renting out this building, it was like used as a bar on Saturday nights, and he had to clean the whole thing up, but all while being a businessman out of town. He'd come home late Saturday, come in, clean it up early Sunday morning, and he'd have a pockets full of rock candy that he'd bribe the kids with to go to church. Huge heart for like really messed up, broken, hardcore kids. He actually said uh, he had Abraham Lincoln, after he got inaugurated, come and speak to the kids. I mean, it's like wild. He ends up going to civil, during the Civil War and ministering to people as they're dying. They're getting saved on the spot. Tell my mom that I'm going to go to heaven because I know Jesus. And tell her she needs to she needs to know him, too, so I can see her again. Story after story. It's wild, you know? And then he just hops on a boat and hangs out with Spurgeon and George Mueller, and it's like, well, okay. But his life was, like, radically transformed. A super, super poor kid grew up. His dad died when he was, like, four. Brother was 13. Took over all the responsibilities of the house. Went nuts. Ran away. Just, it's like, what am I going to do? So he's like, I, I'll, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be rich. I don't ever want to be like that again. And God confronted him as he's in Boston trying to make his way and all of a sudden everything changed for him. Radical transformation restore to me the joy of my salvation. You know, that's, that's a huge part. Like, remember the joy of your salvation because when we think about the joy of our salvation, it puts everything into proper perspective. It kind of, it, it, it detaches us from the, the hold of the world because salvation is not, it's not like a world thing. It comes from heaven, and it culminates or, or ends in heaven. Like, it's not an earthly thing. God uses earthly people to do it. It absolutely affects your earthly ministry, but it changes our perspective. Psalm 20, verse 5. We will rejoice in your salvation. Did you see rejoice? That's another word for joy, Right? We will rejoice in your salvation in the name of our God. We will set our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. So we're going to rejoice in our salvation. This is how we experience joy. We remember and we go back to the source. God, you did this. You're the one who started this. You're the one who will continue this. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Send the portion of those to those... uh, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is able to uh, withstand a lot of gnarly stuff because it doesn't deal in the same way of circumstances, right? Joy is greater than our troubles. So if we're living for happiness, we are going to be miserable. We're going to be miserable because you can't find or buy or, you know, happiness is just fleeting, you know, it just doesn't, there's, you cannot get a hold of it. And we have this illusion that like, if I just get that, it'll work, you know, and and we live our whole life like that where we're like, you know, I heard the term paying it forward where you're like, oh yeah, if I, you know, once I'm, once I'm older, I could do whatever I want, you know. Once I'm in school, oh, yeah, it'll be awesome. Oh, yeah, wait till I'm a teenager. Wait till I can drive. Wait till I graduate. Wait till I'm 21. Take, people take me seriously. Like, you know, probably not. Wait till I'm married. Wait till I have a house. You know, Wait till I have kids. Wait till the kids are out of the house. Wait till I can sell this house and get an easier one to take care of. You know, Wait till I can quit my job. And, you know, it's like, man, what, it's like we have that in us. If only I had the new mountain bike, if I only had the new car, if I only had this, my life would somehow be, and so that's like a a real issue, and it's in us, because we're looking for happiness in places we can't find it. We need to leave happiness, it's not, there's nothing wrong with happiness, but we can't be controlled by happiness, but we can be led by joy. Because joy is something that's beyond that, and it's found in God. He's the one that, that gives it to us. It shines through our struggles, right? It strengthens us. We look to the Bible for joy. We find the promises of God, and we say, these are true, these are real, and we believe them. God is faithful. It's in his character. It's who he is, right? And so we have joy in that. We're also living in the already-not-yet part of the world, right? Already, Jesus has come. The Messiah has come. What was longed for and looked for, he's here. He died, lived, died, rose again. We are made new in him. We can hang out with God, but not yet. We haven't reached the other side of it yet. Philippians, the book of joy. You know, this is like what we call the book of joy or the epistle of joy, the letter of joy, where Paul writes all about joy was written from where? Prison. You ask, where do you think is the best place to write about joy? You know, I don't know the Grand Canyon, you know, or like overlooking a mountain. Paul's like spewing out this beautiful picture of joy. It's because the circumstances just don't matter, and this this should be so enticing to us, because as the world does all kinds of crazy backflips and, and chaos and all over the pl- you know whatever. Now, our our emotions are all over the place. We need to be something that is grounding, that is hopeful, and that is joyful so that we don't look like the rest of the world where we're sour, where it looks like we're sucking on lemons everywhere we go, right? We look different. We act different because it's not based on an emotion and you don't well up and go, today I'm going to be just the happiest guy, you know? I don't have that in me, you know? Like, it's like, I don't know. It's not it's just not in me to go get up and be like, let's just be so this. And you're like, I I don't know. (laughs) But I but I can receive the joy of the Lord, changes everything. It helps my understand my perspective. And it, it will come out as like, wow, that guy seems pretty happy. That's so much more than that, right? So Paul writes that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of struggle. Um while he's writing it, I mean he's talking about he probably there's a good chance he could be executed you know he's like, yeah, if not if I'm, if I die you know to live is, di- is Christ to die is game, which is just like what do you do with someone like that and I think that's such a good reminder for us as we're like looking out and you know i, I i'm Nervous for the church because of how nervous the church is, (laughs) how fearful we can look. You think that's appealing to the world? No, we should be like walking in confidence and joy in the Lord. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we detach from reality or care, you know, not care about the things around us, but it means that the things around us are not changing the temperature of our life. We're thermostats, not thermometers. You know, so I, I like looking at the weather. We, I was hoping we we're going to be able to play our softball game this last week. And so uh, I was talking with the guys who are the other coaches on the, on the team with Jacob's our coach. But, you know, whatever, we were di- dialing it in. And I'm like, I'm like, all of a sudden they're like, we're, turned into, we're softball players turned into meteorologists. Well, there's a .05 chance of rain after three. And, you know, of course, they, they were ro- we were wrong. Um, just like real meteorologists. So maybe we can do it. Um, but you can look at it and you're like, everything, my whole day is swaying on if this rain comes or not. It changes everything so, so that we can't be like that. So every news headline that shows up sends you into despair and, and, and bitterness and sadness and, and then all of a sudden you're nasty and now you're not loving your neighbor because they might be part of the problem in your life. No, 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 no. Look at the life of Jesus. Is that how he lived at all? No, not at all, right? Jesus was like so different than that. And that's why people marveled at him. Christians should be so trippy to the world. Like not in like a, some Christians are really weird in a really bad way. Like you're just like, whoa, I don't know what to do with that. But like weird in the sense that like, we're not under the same chains, the rest of the world is under. We don't have to fall under that same stuff. We have promises. We have hope, not just now, but for eternity. And remembering that that God is outside of all of this, sees it all, is working in it all, and he, he does not need your worry to help at all. Right? Remember we talked talking about uh, who of you by worrying could add one cubit to a stature and that how it really means add one day to your life, one minute. So it's like, good job worrying. I'm going to give you a bonus five minutes. Every time you worry, it's like every time, every time a bell rings, an angel gets, every time you worry, God is just so impressed with, with how oh, you take it all on yourself. He says, no, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Don't do that. Keep your hope. Keep your faith. Keep your joy. James 1. You knew we were going there. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience. You notice how it says the testing of your faith? Joy, we can find out when we have joy in trials, we find out that our faith really builds something up in us. And and it helps us to endure. It's all long-term, long-game stuff. That's what Advent really was about, right? The idea of, you go back before the Messiah, it was looking to the Messiah. Where is the snake crusher coming from? Right? Right? God says uh, the serpent's going to bruise your heel and then but but he's going to smash the seed of the woman is going to smash his head where's the snake crusher i know he's coming right now it sure seems like the devil's winning but i know this ain't it so i don't have to act all emotional and crazy and chaotic i can be under control right remember the, like the the if you see uh, you know, people who are really good at something, they're able to be really calm. You know, like just kind of re- relax and be chill. You know, okay, it's all good. And then all of a sudden, they can turn it on. You go, whoa, what was that? It's like a whole nother level, right? Um, so... That's, that's it. We can, we can have that same perspective, that same trust in, in looking to him. And then it produces patience. How does it produce patience? Because we find out, like, um, God is faithful, even in trials. We find out that his joy can sustain us. So now when that, something comes up again, we go, uh, yeah, this is not fun, but I know I know God will meet me, and I know he's going to continue to give me joy through the midst of, in the midst of these circumstances. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be like laughing hilariously all the time. That's freaky anyway, right? You're just like, (laughs) you're like, oh, no, you know, you're, are you a serial killer? I don't know. I can't tell. But like, it's like where you're just full of like, it's like there's an anticipation that nope, this doesn't win. I was thinking about my friend, Brandon. He passed, I think it was three years ago, two years ago, three years ago can't remember, just, uh, and we were, um, I was thinking about how when he told me he had leukemia, he never even broke down, which is like, it's not really like a good idea. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't, I think lament and grief, that's, that's not outside of joy. The Bible's full of that. Like, man, Jesus wept, right? But I remember him talking about it and then I, I remember him saying, Oh yeah, I'm in remission. That's cool. That's awesome, man. And then all of a sudden it's back and it doesn't look good. And uh, and I'm like, okay. And then I remember going over there. The last time I, I saw him, I was hanging out with him, and he and he was just like, Yeah, he's like, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. And it was like no sadness or pain in him. It was really weird, you know? Uh, and I'm not saying this isn't the goal, but, but there was something about him that he was just so rooted and grounded in the hope of Christ. And, and his whole mindset and his focus had been for years even before that Jesus. And so he's just like, the only thing I'm worried about is my, my wife and my kids. <laughs> like, and I just, I just, will you guys, will you help me like, like love on my sons? And that's just, I want a good influence. And, and I told, you know, he was like, I told my wife to remarry, and, and she did. She's remarried. Awesome, awesome guy. Kids have, he's like a great stepdad to him and all that, you know. But I remember like being like shook by like the, 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 he would like laugh with us. We were joking around, having a good time. And it's like, I, I didn't know how to handle it, you know. I'm sitting there all like, I don't know what to say to you. And he's like, well, you could just talk to me. You're my friend. This is weird, right? And then we start joking around about old times. And, and uh, the tears are mine and my friend Jeff, not his. He just got, got, had this weird, unshakable thing. And, and, and I'm sure he had his moments of bawling his eyes out. But there was something really, it's like, man, what a testimony. And his testimony was really big. He had a lot of people show up to his memorial. We all did it together. And it was wild, um, he was an author, so he had this huge community that was listening to his story. He was huge into apologetics, really, really bright. Uh, he would he would throw apologetics conferences, and he was always talking about William Lane Craig and having all these different guys up, you know, whatever. Sean McDowell came to his conference, and Jay Warner Wallace, all these cool guys. And his whole thing was like, being a witness in everything he did. And it was just unreal to see the patience and how calm he said. And I remember him saying this one time to me, forgive me if I've said this before. I was like, Brandon, I don't know how you're doing this. Early on, he says, he says to be honest, he says, I think God made me for this. Like, I—I'm. this is like, this is who I am. I was made for this. Like, I can suffer like this really well. I, I, I can see it. So I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm made for this, Lord. <laughs> you know, you would kind of say that afterwards. Just to be clear, um, man. John 15, he says, Therefore, you, therefore you now, this is 20, verse 22, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy uh, no one will take from you. It's a reminder that joy can't be taken if it's founded in Christ. If it's any sort of counterfeit joy, you can expect it to be ripped off where thieves can come in and steal, where moth and rust destroy. But our hope and our joy is founded on Christ, right? Joy can't be taken because the work on the cross is finished. It's done. So like our joy is set in stone uh, on Calvary. It's done, over with, at the tomb, actually, really, right? And so our, that's our hope. And so even in this world, if we have troubles, he's overcome the world. And that's really good news. And that really inspires joy. And it helps us to like, because it's so easy to get stuck in our own little world and our own little bubble. And, and again, the, the social media and their um, algorithms put you in an echo chamber. And I think it's to make us all go crazy, and God's like, please come out of that joy. joy. Follow me. Trust me. What God has done um, by sending his son Christmas, and then uh, you know in a few months we'll be celebrating Easter, I mean, that is, it's, that's what we base our joy on. What he's doing now, this is what we've got to be focused on. We want our joy to be based on what he's done, what he's doing now. God, you have put me here right now for such a time as this. And there's no way you don't want me to have joy. There's no way you don't want me to live in peace, to have hope, to have love. Spoiler alert, that's next week. And then we're also looking to what he will do, the second coming of Christ. Everything's gonna be made right Joy, it's like it anxiously, it looks forward to the completion of the work. And, and that joy in the completion of the work keeps us useful now because our eyes don't get stuck on all the things in front of us. We don't just get stuck. Ah, you know? I don't wanna, I don't wanna be, miss the forest for the trees. And it's so easy to do that. We gotta like be on guard and to protect our joy. Because if it's something God wants us to have, it's something the enemy want, doesn't want us to have. So he has a full-on assault against all these things, all these fruits of the Spirit. He doesn't want us to operate in them. He wants us to find the counterfeit, right? Which is, you know, you just live for fleeting pleasures, right? Joy, no, joy, that sounds hard. It's deep-rooted. So we, we're on guard To the things that can rob us from our joy, and so you got to ask yourself: Is this thing? This is like the Marie Cuomo thing, right? Or whatever. Does this bring me joy? You know, you're touching everything. (laughs) No, you have to ask these kind of questions, right? We have to say, "Hey, is this? Is that how you say your name, Cuomo?" No, he's the guy who's that's the Chris and yeah, no good. Okay, anyway, Um, God bless everybody. Anyway, um, I, I. The idea is this, you got to look at everything in your life and go, is this like making me more uh, dependent, joyful, anticipating, you know, the return of the Messiah, helping me to, to see things correctly, or is it causing more damage in my life? And use discernment, man, I need to get away from this. And let me be really clear, a lot of times the things you're supposed to get away from are the things that feel the best. They're the ones that feel like home. You know, they're the ones that just like, that's my blankie. That's my teddy, you know. <laughs> I don't want to let go of that thing. Those are the things God might be saying. Hey, like, let's let go of this so that you don't, you're not controlled by every whim. So you're not like a puppet on a string. Oop, that'll control them. Oop, that'll control them. I'm trying to teach your kids that. Like, hey, if you let someone control you and get you into an emotional state, then They're going to get you to do whatever you want. So yeah, they're going to say stuff. You can't let that affect you. Yeah, you're going to see stuff in this world. We can't let it affect us because we are rooted in something deeper. That takes discipline. So joy is not something we fall into. Joy is something that's given to us by God, but it's something that we fight to keep and something we continually look to be encouraged in, right? So we're on guard to protect our joy. And we're throwing out What's harming our joy? um, And look to God for a biblical perspective on everything, right? That was one of the things Lincoln said to the kids um, at D.L. Moody's, like, little ragtag group. He says, base your life on the Bible. There's, like, nothing else better you can do than base your life on the truths of Scripture. That's pretty cool, (laughs) Right? That there's nothing better you can do than trust the promises of God and believe in what He's saying to us and then experience the joy that's unshakable. That's not built on things here that, that can be uprooted. It's built on foundations that don't get, when the rains come, they don't shift and they don't fall, right? We build on the rock, we don't build on the sand. So even as we're looking at it, like, right now, Christmas season, what do we do? How do we actively engage in joy? Remember, the joy of your salvation, right? Where's that salvation come from? It comes from Jesus. You know, how do we we sing these songs? You know the last song we're going to do? I'm a spoiler alert again. Joy to the world. Let's go, right? The Lord has come. That's that's such good news. And so we focus on that. We remember that 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 the Lord came. Again, Emmanuel. God with us. He's here. He did it. He fulfilled his promise. And remember that he died on the cross for all of our sins. Then we look at the life of Jesus, and we see something so different. And we look at the lives of the apostles that are changed by his, by his grace, and it's so different. We say, God, I can't manufacture that, but do it in me. I don't want to be swung around uh, and moved around by, and with every little whim that makes me not sleep at night. You want me sleeping at night, I think, most of the time. Sometimes he wants you to pray, but... You want me to like have rest in you. And the way we do that is by having that joy and trusting him. Man, everything's when everything's out of control. It's a good picture to us that we were never in control. Right? And by, by the way, when you're when things are going well, you're ready to write a book on it, right? Like this is how I became so successful. You know, here's the here's how things, but it's like when things go go wrong, it's like such an open, honest reminder. <sighs> I, 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 I hold nothing. I can do nothing. I think that the best way to understand it is when your kid gets sick, you know, you're just like, I, I can't help myself. I can't, I don't know what to do. There's nothing I can do. And it's like, you're helpless. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're open and your life is like split open and, and God's like, exactly. And he's so good to break us. Because he's like, I don't want you building on that foundation any more than you already are. That's scar tissue. That's baggage. And the bigger you build that, the harder it's going to fall. Let's break it down. Let's start from the beginning. Good foundation. Trust in him. Believe in him. Trust in in what he's doing. Look back at his past faithfulness. Look forward to what he's going to do. And remember, right now, you're in in that margin, the dash there. What are you doing now? How are you doing it now? Uh, I want to be focused on that not swung to and fro, like a, like a ship without a rudder, you know, not knowing anything. We want to be like those who have faith, that are, that are guided, that, are, that are, have a goal in mind, and that are, you know, we know who we are, who we belong to, and who we're following, where we're going. And that'll change everything, right? That changes everything for us, and then it really changes our witness, To the world, because we're not preaching ourselves, which is not the gospel. That's actually the opposite of the gospel. We don't need you; we need Him. So, recognizing the good news and then just experiencing the joy—count it all joy, right? Rejoice! You know what? Here we want some homework. It's only four chapters. Read Philippians. Such a good book. I think it might be my favorite book of the Bible. You know. Just because it's so... Oh, so, yeah, there's your homework. You don't have to do homework if you're out, you're out of school. But I'd encourage you. It'll help you rem- remember joy. And then, um, yeah, and then we'll come back here at 4 o'clock and enjoy ourselves. All right, Lord, thank you so much for this radical truth, Lord, the joy.